I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. Hi and welcome to this episode of Tips for Travellers, which is actually number 69 in the series. And today what we're going to do is revisit one of the most popular destinations in the world, one of my favourite destinations, and one of the most vibrant and constantly changing destinations, which of course is Las Vegas in Nevada in the United States of America. Now, what I'm going to do on this podcast is I'm not going to just sort of update and repeat my original podcast on Las Vegas. So what I recommend that you do if you want to find out about Las Vegas is listen to podcast number 29, which is about Las Vegas. And there I talk about the history of Vegas. And I talk about some key tips and things, you know, kind of must do things in Las Vegas. It's also probably worth listening to podcast 68, which is about the Hoover Dam Wall, Lake Mead, which kind of adds and builds on that. But what I'm going to do in this podcast is talk about some new developments in Las Vegas, some new observations, and some additional thoughts and things that you may want to do if you're going back to Las Vegas a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, or whatever. I will very briefly just revisit some tips of Las Vegas, sort of briefly recap that podcast number 29. I'm going to talk um, a little bit about some observations about Las Vegas as it is today, and some of the more recent developments and coming developments that should be in place by the time that you actually visit Vegas. Now, podcast followers and blog followers will know that I absolutely adore Vegas. We've been there many, many times, and we will go many times in the future. And a lot of people think that we're a little bit crazy, because when we go to Vegas, we stay sometimes one week, two weeks in Vegas, whereas most people jet into Vegas have a crazy mad weekend and jet out. We actually spend quite a lot of time in Vegas and love it. And there is so much to do, so many things to see. If you just pace yourself and enjoy that Vegas and the surrounding areas have to offer, uh, you know, you can just have a mad, crazy, crazy time, or you can really just relax, enjoy, and have a great time. Las Vegas is In some ways, it's kind of a bizarre city. It's just in the middle of the desert. So I thought maybe before I get into some tips, let's just talk a little bit about the history of Vegas and kind of how it came to be there and the sort of the various waves and generations, if you like, that that Vegas has gone through to get to what it is today. You know, Vegas was originally important to the Indian population in the area, the original 
kind of indigenous Indian population. And the reason it was important was it had a natural spring, which meant that it was a bit of an oasis in the desert. But it was also very, very important if you were, you know, crossing the desert because it was a place that you could kind of get stock up on water and, and, and whatnot. And actually, not surprisingly, many of the pathways that crisscrossed the desert went through Las Vegas for that very reason. So when settlers started to explore the area, so European settlers, they, of course, um, migrated uh, towards Las Vegas. Now, Las Vegas apparently means springs in Spanish. So those of you who speak Spanish, hopefully you know that. And it became incredibly important when people were traveling from Los, An Los Angeles to the Mormon settlements in Salt Lake City. And what happened over time is, as kind of traffic builds, it became a, a very important stagecoach stop. Eventually became a railway stop. And then once it was kind of gold rush, then it really took off because that's when you started having gambling dens. You had uh, brothels uh, sort of emerging. And in fact, it became so kind of entrenched that for a very brief period of time, believe it or not, in the early 1900s, they actually tried to ban gambling. Can you imagine banning gambling in Las Vegas? It lasted three weeks. The authorities eventually relented and, and they kind of came to a deal where it was going to be legal if it, the funds from it, the taxes from it, started funding education. Today, apparently, something like 45% of the tax from gambling is still allocated towards education. The next big wave of growth came when the uh, Hoover Dam Wall was built, which was to provide uh, both water but also electricity for Nevada and Colorado. So you had a whole lot of people moving in to build this Hoover Dam, hundreds and hundreds of men that brought a whole kind of new wave right to actually during the time of the, of the Great Depression. So the area was, was very vibrant. Probably in more recent times, Vegas is known, or most people know about, when the New York mob, the gangster kind of crowd, sort of muscled in and they started to, to, to reinvent the city. And a, a guy called Bugsy Siegel, who was a, a very known, uh, very well-known gangster, had this vision, which was to... To, to, to build great accommodation, have great entertainment, have leisure activities, and, and kind of attract people. And of course, there was, there was gambling here. He ended up actually, like many gangsters do, was shot because it was felt that he was skimming money off, off the building. But the mob really ruled Vegas for quite a long time until changes were made in the way that casinos were, were licensed. And that kind of made it a little bit more legit. And Vegas is also known in the 70s, the famous recluse Howard Hughes jet into town one day, barricaded himself on the top floor of the desert sands and pretty much took over many, many places. He eventually kind of left uh, the city and it kind of stumbled along for a period of time and Atlantic City started creating gambling and then some visionary entrepreneurs, particularly Steve Wynn, said, you know, we need to reinvent Vegas. We need to find a new angle. So he started, you know, building the mega resorts. So that's when Mirage, I think, was the first one. You had Bellagio, Paris, New York, Venetian. You know, the old Caesars was knocked down. A new one was was built. So you had this this, this next wave, which was these big, massive mega resorts, these themed resorts. And, and that really kind of brought the next new wave and then i guess what happened in in even more recent times with the things like the the financial crash the property crash it kind of ground that that sort of crazy big mega resort uh concept to a shuddering halt and actually still today 
across Vegas, if you visit, you, you see these, these other areas that are flattened where on the strip, for example, uh, hotels were flattened to build these, where there was plans to build these big mega resorts or some that are half built. And they literally just left these, these massive big complexes, which is concrete. They're very ugly. Uh, it's sort of because it just ground to halt this, this, this craziness and the financial crisis grounded to a halt. And so, so Vegas kind of shuddered a little bit, stalled a little bit. When Obama came in, of course, he also uh, probably inadvertently knocked Vegas a bit when he was talking about in the crisis, you know, it was inappropriate for people to go and have these big conventions in Vegas. And the city really struggled. Unemployment was massive because huge of the growth of, of employment was from construction because all these things were being built. You know, foreclosures are astronomical. I think it, it's, you know, I can't remember the percentage, but some massive percentage of houses were, were, were foreclosed, of unemployment, people weren't traveling. And so there was incredible deals. There is this sort of new energy starting again in Vegas. And, and it's, it's trying to think, okay, how do we reinvent? How do we attract people? So what we're seeing is a development of kind of more complexes which are targeted to kind of the younger crowd, but with money. So it's kind of the, the 20, 30-somethings. <clears throat> you know, they have money and they want these very sophisticated cosmopolitan type places. And actually the city center, which is this big new complex just next to Bellagio, which is, which is much more metropolitan. It's much more like a, a big city complex and you have uh, various hotels and, and kind of upmarket shops in there. But it has a, has a look and a feel, which is very kind of big major city, kind of a New York uh, kind of feel to it. But that's designed to provide this kind of sort of upmarket, uh, funky, young people's kind of thing. So that's the next kind of wave of, of, of uh, Las Vegas and Las Vegas history. But what's interesting about Las Vegas, of course, is it goes through these kind of chameleon periods. It goes through this craziness. And the thing that really strikes me when I talk about observations is that first one, which is this whole kind of more city center kind of young professional kind of amenities and, and complexes building up. But the second thing that amazes me constantly about Las Vegas is how everything seems to go bankrupt. And, and it, is, it is bizarre, you know, this massive city, huge amounts of money, big gambling going on both by punters, but also by developers. And so much stuff goes bankrupt. You know, when we were there a couple of months back, you know, things like, you know, hotels were going bankrupt. The, the, um, the, the, the monorail system has been bankrupt for, 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 for ages. You know, hotels are always uh, struggling. And what really happens in Vegas, I think, is, you know, you open a beautiful big new hotel. It's the in thing. It's on trend. And then, then a couple of years later, the next one comes. So you start reducing prices to, to attract people. And then you become less popular and you slowly get squeezed, squeezed out of the market. So things like the Hilton, which used to be where uh, Elvis Presley used to perform, you know, that kind of went, went bust. And, and it's, it's just quite amazing, that whole sense of constant uh, reinvention. But it's amazing how many things, things go bankrupt. So that's the second thing is, you know, stuff, there's big bets place, but it's still around you. It's amazing just how many things uh, things do do actually go bankrupt. The other thing that that I think is very interesting and from observations is because of the economic crisis, because of the pressure, 
you know, hotels are, are full again, but the way they're full is by discounting. So it's very easy to find incredible discounts in Las Vegas uh, at various times of the year, um, especially out of conference season or, or whatever. So what hotels are doing is trying to find ways of building new charges. And so one of the most sort of unpopular or controversial is resort charges. So what they do is you'll find a headline rate. And this is very important when you're booking to go to Vegas. You'll find a headline rate of whatever, $60, $100, $200, whatever. And you think that's great. But what you find is you then charge a resort charge, which could be anything from $10, $20 or whatever, which is the charge to allow you to use the pools or whatever. And that's kind of a, a hidden cost. It's a bit like, you know, uh, the airlines often will start charging you for baggage or start charging you for food or all that kind of stuff. So they're trying to find ways. So you need to be very careful when you're booking in, in Vegas now that you're very clear about what is is what are the extras that you're going that you're going to be be paying? Um, the other observation is that uh, y- you know people are looking again for ways of attracting people, and the big trend is this pool party thing. And pool parties have become uh, the in thing to do. So most of the big hotels will have pool parties, and it attracts uh, a lot of young sort of beautiful people they mostly talked about lots of drinking going on very raucous they have some big headline named djs playing there but pool parties has become the big hot on trend thing and it does mean that particularly if you're like a quieter life by the pool or you are going with with younger kids or whatever you need to be also again cautious about which hotel you're booking at and understanding, you know, do they have pool parties or not? Now, some of the hotels, uh, like the Wynn, for example, will have a very specific pool, which they use for the pool parties. So you can kind of escape it. Pool parties, very loud, very raucous. And increasingly what they're starting to do is now, to differentiate, have kind of themed uh, events. So you might find, on, I can't remember what it is, but certain times of the, the week, uh, you know, at Luxor, they were actually having one of the pools was a, was a gay pool party. And that was a little bit controversial for families and things. But, you know, just understand the pool party phenomenon. This is the big hot thing. The other observation is that, and and I talk a lot about it in my blog at www.tipsofthetravelers.com. And uh, I have spoken about it on on the podcast is, you you know, the lack of diversity when it comes to entertainment. But I think that may be starting to come to an end. Almost all of the big shows in Las Vegas are or were done by Cirque du Soleil. And there's this huge myriad of them from the Beatles one uh, at La Mirage to obviously O at Bellagio, uh, Zumanity, I think it's in New York, New York, uh, Car at MGM. So Cirque du Soleil had almost dominated this, this, this whole area. But what's interesting is, is I think people are probably becoming a bit Cirque du Soleil out. So the very um, hyped Elvis show didn't survive very long. Um, There is a Michael Jackson one, which is on tour and is due to return. But I think, you know, when you go to Vegas and you want to go to one of these mega shows, if you don't really want to see Cirque du Soleil, there's not a a lot on. So there's the odd sort of headline acts you have. You know, at um, at Caesar's Palace, they'll have the headliners, which sort of rotate between the Celine Dion's, Rod Stewart's, Alton John's uh, kind of shows. But 
it, it almost feels like there's a need to kind of reinvent entertainment. And, and I suspect we're at kind of a, a bit of a, a, a crossways with that. Saying that, you know, the Cirque du Soleil shows are, are still um, uh, pretty impressive. So let's talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the tips and, and some of the new developments. So uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, I, I will very briefly just recap some of the tips for travelers visiting Las Vegas, which you can hear in podcast number 29 or on the blog at www.tipsfortravels.com if you search for Las Vegas. Just to remind you, I talk about the best time to visit. Now, it's almost pretty much hot and very hot in the summer. In, in winter, it actually can be quite cold so you need to think about that um it, it's incredibly hot uh and you know so so, so going in august for example it's, it's it's you know it's well into the 40s i think it's very important to remember when you go to vegas try and visit on the weekday if you can you know prices can double at the weekend so if you're looking at times of the year look for weekdays try and look at when the big massive big conferences are on because you'll find uh, prices are much better uh, and also all on the other hand if a conference is in your hotel you'll often find the pool is incredibly quiet because everyone's in, in the conference but seriously 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 try and look for weekdays you know on our last trip there you know we were paying two to three times higher for a saturday night we happen to be staying then in the rest of the week very 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 important also though be careful in the weekdays because uh, the shows will often be dark eh? they, they don't operate on certain days of the week because obviously it, it is much quieter um, <clears throat> so in terms of the things to do i kind of group them into five things to do in vegas historically one is visiting the mega resorts the mega resorts themselves are destinations you know so you have the venetian or you have a beautiful canal and whatever you have um you know the, the 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 pyramid you have uh the excalibur with your um knights of the round table so the resources themselves are, are, are kind of worth you know visiting and exploring because they are destinations in themselves um and you can have a walk between them which is very far you have the monorail etc um you do need to go and see one of the mega shows. I know I, I, I was a little bit skeptical about the shows. You do need to go and see them. Personally, I would recommend the water show. So you've got O, um, which is at Bellagio, or at, at the Winter of La Rev. Amazing, amazing, amazing shows. They they are very distinctive. And the advantage of seeing them is, you know, the Cirque du Soleil, other shows, you know, you'll never see this because it has to have a very specific um, staging uh, to do it. The other thing to do is... Although most people spend, nowadays spend the time on the strip, it is worth going to the old center of Las Vegas, you know, the original part of uh, Vegas where the Fremont experience is. There's a massive covered walkway, great effects. They're, they're desperately trying to get people to go down there. It's much safer than before. I've been reading again just about, you know, it is a much safer part of town than it has been historically. But it is really worth going down and seeing the, the old center of the Vegas, stuff you'll see from, from the films. I do also really think, uh, is, which is also why it's worth spending more time in Vegas. Try and get out of Vegas. And there's a couple of really great things to do. There's a Grand Canyon trip, which is very popular, where you can either go for uh, a breakfast or a lunch. You can either get a helicopter or a plane. Uh, you head out, beautiful scenery. You go right down into the canyon. I mean, they are, it is quite expensive, but it's really, really just a remarkable thing. 
And the other thing, that, which is much less expensive, is get out to the Hoover Dam Wall in Lake Mead. And as I said, my podcast number 68 talks about that and just what, what a great experience uh, that is uh, all in all. The other thing which is existing, which is worth doing, particularly if you're a thrill rider or even if you're not a, a thrill rider, is, and I always strongly recommend, is going to the stratosphere, which is down sort of uh, the opposite side of the strip to, to the airport. And on the top of the stratosphere tower are these thrill rides. And again, on the blog, I have various videos of, of, of the rides. But, you know, it, it really is, you, first of all, you're like 110 stories up. There's some rides on the top there. If you're brave, you can uh, ride them. But it, it's just you get a great view. You, you, you can have a coffee or something to eat up the top there and, and, and just look at these rides. I, I would really recommend visiting the stratosphere. It really is, it is, it is great, 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 great experience. And again, as I said uh, on my blog, I have... Uh, videos of uh, people on the rides and, and that in itself is, is quite amusing. Actually, they're incredibly popular, those videos. I've, I've had one of them watched, you know, between three and four million times now. Lots of comments because it is just mind-bogglingly scary. Let's talk about some new things that are coming to Vegas that are, are worth looking at. First of all, getting out of Vegas is becoming easier and easier because it, the airport's been ex- expanded. They've opened a new terminal, which particularly takes international flights. So increasingly... Getting to Vegas is becoming easy because more and more airlines are flying direct. Um, the, there's, there's, the, the, you know, Las Vegas is, is catering much more for direct flights. You know, even now, if you take, I'm just going to use the UK as an example, British Airways now fly twice uh, a day. They fly massive big planes there twice a day now directly. Um, you've got Virgin, which flies in, uh, and this is all just from London. And then you have others from, from other areas. But, you know, they really, really are targeting international travel. So it's much easier to get in out. They have a great new terminal opened. The other thing which is, is uh, opening is um, some new kind of thrill rides or, or attractions, I guess you could call them. So there's two wheels being built, big, massive, big Ferris wheels. And for those of you who have, you know London or the London Eye, although there's actually one in Singapore and stuff now, these, these really big... Um, wheels are being built. One is being built um, uh, up near where the um, the Four Seasons of Mandalay Bay is. The other is being built, sort of, I guess, in the middle of the strip, uh, just sort of behind this behind the strip, um, with the whole big revitalized area around there. So these big Ferris wheels are are you know so you get great views. There's two of them. Um, you know maybe you want to try both, but great views, very exciting. So there's the new Ferris wheels. Also, there are two water parks being built. Now, Las Vegas used to have a a water park. It didn't do very well, and they closed it down. So they're building not one, but two in typical Las Vegas style. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see how these do, because Las Vegas still is not a great place, in my view, to take kids to. So it may end up being more reliant on whether locals uh, endorse them. But I always thought that not having a water park in Vegas was a big miss. There's going to be two of them, and so that that's kind of very interesting. The other things that are are interesting to visit is um, the mob experience. Now, the mob experience there's two of them built. The, there's lots of fighting uh, over them. One of them kind of went bust. Uh, lots of people suing each other. But basically, the mob experiences are up and running. The one of the Tropicana is probably uh, the one that's getting the best press, and it basically tells you the history of the mob. And it's kind of an interactive uh, and, and quite high tech. It's, it, it's a very good experience. The other thing that, that is really worth uh, visiting, and it's kind of, again, uh, in, in, in development, 
uh, or evolution is the boneyard. What what's happened is, you know, Vegas is of course famous for its neon signs. And what's happened is these have all been collected in one place. At the moment, they're kind of just <clears throat> dumped in a yard. And so you can uh, book tours on certain days of the week, but they're actually going to build it into more of a formal museum. And it really, really is amazing. So if you if you just sort of search Bone Yard uh, in Vegas uh, on the web, you'll find the link to the site. And you have to book a tour at the moment, but they are going to open it um, much more. So by the time you listen to this podcast, you may find it's all open. That is really, really worth visiting uh, and, 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 you know, very, 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 very exciting. So that's kind of an update on, on Vegas. It's a great city. It's an exciting city. It's constantly changing. You can get great deals, particularly if you're looking at midweek. There's so much things to do. There's always new things to do. So hopefully this has helped. Um, one of my most favorite cities in the world. Have a great trip there if you're going. If you're not, you really should be going. Um, and even if you hate it, it's worth going to have seen and experienced. And so until next time, I hope you have very happy travels. I'd love it and really appreciate it. Next time you're on iTunes, if you, if you, if you leave a review and a rating for this podcast, it helps enormously for me. And don't forget to visit the blog. And until next time. Have a great, great time. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. The Travellers is about the UK way with two L's or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.